0: We're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Today's a very special day. We get in-studio hosts and Guess. guests. It is just, We're always we, in-studio hosts. We never get real people in the studio, so we appreciate it. Um, we have TJ and Amber Brody, obviously Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman, and his lovely wife joining us this morning. Uh, special day today, it's a and Burgers to Beat MS Day. It's the 15th annual, and we'll be telling you a little bit about it and how you can support. But first of all, thanks for coming in, and thanks for getting here so early. Thanks, thanks so much for having right. Us. Yeah, no burgers yet. Uh, it is a little early. You gotta but,
1: pace yourself, right? Yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, maybe not the day to pace yourself. Maybe you can put some in the freezer. Yeah. Do they freeze well? Burgers freeze a marathon. well. Marathon, yeah, I don't know. A marathon of burgers. <laughs> That's yeah. something
0: you could check out later. We'll check that freeze out. Freeze a couple burgers. Yeah. Uh, but I know this is a very uh, special and personal story, and why you guys are involved with this. So, tell us a little bit about your journey and why you're here today.
2: Yeah, I was diagnosed with MS um, about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just thought it was a perfect partnership for us to share our story and just raise awareness for MS and money to ultimately mm-hmm. find a cure. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. so what what is MS for people who don't know? <laughs> because obviously we want to spread the word. We want uh, people to know how they can help, but... What exactly are people help, helping with? What are you dealing with, Amber, on a day-to-day basis? What is multiple scler- sclerosis? Excuse okay. me.
2: It's an autoimmune disease that attacks the central nervous system. Um, everyone's uh, journey with it is so different for me. I experience fatigue, vision loss, and numbness from my waist down. Um, it's been a bit of a process of acceptance and learning to live with it, but I've made a lot of lifestyle changes, um, focusing on cold therapies and just diet, exercise, anti-inflammatory therapies, all the good stuff.
1: So living, you kind of gave us sort of the Coles notes on living with it, but is it? it is something that affects everyone a little bit differently. Mm, it's something different. that where you have to, you know, do what's best to your, for your body. So are you listening to your body? Is that like the best way to deal with MS and, and to live uh, with the disease?
2: For me, yeah, definitely listening to my body. I feel like after my diagnosis, I'm much more in tune with my body. I'm much more aware of everything that I feel. Um, but yeah, everyone experiences everything so differently. So it's not a one size fits all, um, disease. So as a partner, TJ, uh, what kind of, how has this helped
0: like with your, um, understanding your awareness? Like how can you support, um, obviously it's been a journey that you've both been on since you've been together and being diagnosed eight years ago.
3: Yeah. It, uh, took me out of my shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, made me have to be more, uh, supportive obviously. And, actually talk a little bit more um <laughs> about, my, about her feelings, That's about my good. feelings. Yeah. And uh you know, as I'm pretty quiet, so uh you know, I think it also helps um on the ice. Mm. You know, it gives you a different perspective that uh, hockey's not everything and, you know, uh sometimes uh you can, you know, have a bad game and you go home and you got the kids and, mm. and Amber and the pets and everyone and, you know, that game's done and you move on to the
1: next and Um, you know, you're -hmm. you're still alive and, you know, living well, so. Yeah, I I think that's important perspective, right? Because this is a pressure cooker market, obviously, and we were just joking. We talked about Michael Bunting not being given a contract offer (laughs) for 10 minutes in the opening (laughs) block. You're like, we're going to dissect everything. But I I wonder, like, you know, you're playing in this market if it makes it easier because you have perspective Mm -hmm. that others wouldn't have.
3: I think so. Um, You know, I'm getting older, too, so I think, you know, where I'm at in my career also helps um you know i'm not a young guy that's um maybe looking at the media and no offense but uh, it's okay <laughs> or reading <laughs> we'll articles i don't have like social media so i'm not getting inboxes and stuff from, mm-hmm. you know fans so i think that's uh that also helps because you know the mental side of it is huge um and the more you let it affect you the more it does on the
1: ice and off the ice and uh,
3: the more you can just let it go and, and live your life the better
1: there are challenges though, uh, because you're a pro athlete on the road, right? And, and part of this is supporting your wife and making sure that you can help with things like, you know, raising children and being there for the pets and everything, yeah. as you mentioned there, is that a tough thing to juggle being away and, and, and certainly, you know, have, helping Amber live her best life. I mean, she does a great job
3: when I'm, when I'm gone, um, I'm sure she probably prefers it during the season when I'm gone because they, <laughs> they get in a routine yeah. and then I come home and I just disrupt you everything. everything yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, when I am home, I try to, you know, wake up. I try to get as much rest as I can, but I want to, you know, see the kids before they go to school. Um, you know, if I go back to sleep after, then I do. If, if not, then I, you know, go to the rink and get my day started. But, uh, you know, whatever I can help around the house to make her life easier, I, I try to do when I'm home.
2: He does it all.
0: Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> give yourself a little more credit, right? <laughs> we're chatting with TJ and Amber Brody um, here um, as the uh, A&W Burgers to Beat MS Day is uh, is here. And we're, we're talking about what happens when you buy a burger today. So if someone wants to go out and support, what do they do and how does that help you?
2: Go to your local A&W and purchase a teen burger and every $2 goes towards MS Canada.
0: Awesome, and, and so you've obviously been a part of this journey, and you've gone through the trials um, of of getting better or, or going through the advancements. Where have you seen advancements, uh, if any, in your time of, of having MS, and now eight years later?
2: I just think the research has come a long way, as long as different, as well as different like mm-hmm. treatments and therapies. Since ever since I was been been diagnosed, um, there's so much that I can't really speak to, but um, yeah, there's just mm-hmm. it's, there's been a lot of advancements.
1: So it's been 15 years for A&W. This is your first year involved, mm-hmm. if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, how did you guys get involved at something that was already sort of, you know, uh, on the fly mm-hmm. and, and uh, doing good things already? How, how did, uh, was the genesis of your involvement uh, with A&W? Um, yeah, they approached us.
3: Um, I, they must have heard about Amber. Um, mm-hmm. We did a charity event years ago for MS. Um, And, you know, we thought it was a perfect fit, a good way to raise money and try to, you know, find a cure or at least find a way for people to live the best life they can. Um, And also raise awareness because it affects, you know, so many people between the ages of 20 and 39 that are going through so many life changes. You're graduating, you're getting a job, you're getting married, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know what it was when she was diagnosed. So I think... uh, the more outlets you have to talk and, you know, MS Canada is there. They have a website to fill you in and they have people you can talk to if you're going through that. And, uh, you know, we just yeah. wanted to get the word out.
0: Um, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like women have a much higher mm-hmm. rate and Canada has a high rate of MS. Um, that's probably something that obviously has helped inspire your story here. But 75% uh, of, of the MS diagnosis are women. Yes. yes. That's, that's pretty
2: incredibly high. Incredibly high. And that was the first thing that the doctors mm-hmm. told me when we initially thought that was what was going on there. Like you are like the perfect age and a woman. So you're, oh. you meet the, requi- or the requirements, I yeah. guess, of the disease. <laughs> That's just crazy.
0: Yeah, the requirements, a tough way to put it. But yeah, yeah I understand what you're saying.
1: It, it might be a dumb question because we don't, you know, we're still learning about this disease, obviously. Mm-hmm. But do we know why it's higher in Canada? Why it's higher in women? Are there any answers to those questions right now?
2: I don't know if there are those answers. I've, I mean, we're still learning about it every single day.
1: I've looked into it and all as I know is that
3: along like the border between the US and Canada, it's like the highest rates. But why that is, I have no idea.
1: So, where are you now in terms of like dealing with your reality, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure it hit you over the head when you were first diagnosed, but you're 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 mentioning how you're finding ways to live with it. You've changed your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. How far have you come in terms of, you know, coming to grips with being diagnosed with MS? Yeah,
2: I think I've definitely come to terms with it. And um, there's a sort of a grieving process, but also an acceptance. And then once you kind of learn to live with it, um, I think the mental portion of it is is one of the hardest things that not a lot of people talk about. Um, it's just the, the the mindset shift of just being grateful for every day as you don't know what tomorrow's mm-hmm. going to bring. Um, so definitely... I appreciate it. And that way, it's been kind of a blessing in disguise.
1: And part of that uh, process is beginning to spin it forward, right? Beginning to do things like this, beginning to be an advocate and someone that's going to help inspire uh, and push for change. So when in this process and in this timeline, were you able to start doing that? Because you mentioned the grieving process and mm-hmm. what's the next stage and when's the stage where you can start doing things like this and pushing and helping and making sure more people know about the challenges that you're dealing with?
2: Yeah, I think just after the accepting portion of um, the process, it was much easier for me to um, share my story. And as well, just being in that age bracket where people are getting diagnosed, it just it just felt easy, like it, the right fit mm-hmm. and the right timing. And having young children, uh, how
0: does that play into it? Um, Obviously, they're going to be aware and they're learning early on, but like that relationship, you're taking care of children, but they're also, you know, trying to teach them and understand Mm -hmm. what you're going through.
2: Yeah, I think um, just showing them every day about taking care of your body is um, something we we strive for with the kids. Um, Whether you have a diagnosis or not, it's just leading a healthy lifestyle is super important for us.
3: Yeah. Um, You know, I think it's also important for them to see... You know that you can help other people, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's not just all about your toys and you know <laughs> what, you, what you have. Um, that you can get out there, yeah. meet people,
2: mm-hmm. put your uh, time towards something yeah. for the better. Are they future hockey stars?
3: I don't know. We'll see.
2: Oh,
3: <laughs> at
0: least getting out there sometime soon. Or
3: yeah, I mean, he likes to play the mini sticks once in a while. He's
0: go. only two, so oh, there still getting mini sticks at two. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a blank he follows canvas. In your yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, well, we really appreciate you guys coming in today. Well, thanks um, for having us. A team Burgers sold today. Two dollars will be donated to MS Canada, and you can also offer your support by making a donation at Burgers to Beat um, And W's Burger to Beat MS has raised over nineteen million dollars already, and uh, we'll be helping share that all day long. You can do hashtag burgers to beat MS on social media as well. So share that Um let everybody see that you're doing this and uh, hopefully we can get closer to a cure and uh, excited to hear you guys share your story all day today. I know you got a lot of things going on, but we're your first one of the day. So we're yes. happy to have you bright and early and fresh. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we really appreciate us. it. We, uh, you guys, we'll let you go on your way. So appreciate <laughs> it so much. And best of luck this season as
3: well. Thank you. We'll you be guys, nice. We'll be nice,
0: you know. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. you listen once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys. Appreciate it. Uh, um, Um, Once again, that was uh, TJ and Amber Brody joining us here today as we celebrate the 15th annual Burgers to Beat MS Day. Um, Obviously, as we mentioned, every $2 of a team burger will be donated to Multiple Sclerosis Canada today. So you can also make your donations at BurgersToBeatMS.ca. Be sure to share on social media and encourage your friends and family to get out there um, and support. And uh, it'll be an important day, and not just today, but Always looking forward to trying to find a way uh, for a cure.
1: Yeah, and make sure great. you get a teen burger. Make That's sure great. you get a teen burger because it is the teen burger that yes. uh, has the donation uh, attached to it. I don't know. I think A and W. They're like pre like the teen burger is a specific thing.
0: Yeah, they've got teen, mommy, papa. Yeah, gotta get Whopper, the teen. That all the big ones, right? Like the big. I think it's papa.
1: <laughs> the, the big one. A papa well, they get I, do, I do think there is a papa burger. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was you know, uh, it's great to uh, have them in. Uh, you know, tracking. Amber's story uh, before we head in, you know, sort of preparing for the interview. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. And some of the stats that you had there were at 75% women... Uh, and uh, Canada having such a high MS, uh, MS rate and it being close to the border, it's just like it's it's strange. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot, obviously, of unknowns. So that's why a campaign like Burgers to Beat MS a- in the day that A&W is having and TJ Brody and his wife Amber's involvement is so important because there are so many unknowns and we need fewer of them.
0: Yeah, it seems like 12 Canadians diagnosed with MS every day on average. 60 um, percent of adults are between the ages of 20 and 49, as Amber was saying, and 75 percent of them. Are women so if you're listening and you you can always Make sure you're taking care of your body as well, but it is pretty high rate right there. Um, currently, no cure, but researchers have made a lot of progress in pursuing cures. Uh, Nineteen disease modifying therapies approved for MS today, compared to only three in 2008. So think about this: as long as ANW has been doing this for 15 years, uh, there's already been a lot of progress. So hopefully, people are saying that uh, you know that your two dollars will certainly make a difference. or a donation uh, burgers to beat MS.ca. So. That was great, and I really appreciate their time. And uh, they do have a lot of fun stuff going on today, uh, lots of media, so we're great to get them at 7 a.m., bright and early. Uh, and we'll have to get a burger later.
1: Yeah, it's going to have to be a burger day. Uh I subscribe no to that. No problem. Uh, I, do not have to twist my arm. I
0: was saying um this morning, uh, there is a 24-hour A&W just uh, stone's throw from my house. I should have got one before I came into the studio and brought you one, but...
1: There's yeah. four burgers piled up at 6 a.m. Is, it's
0: A missed tough. opportunity, but I will definitely be swinging by there uh, later today. Um, so if you have need any more information, you can message us if you uh, want some of those links, et cetera. Uh, we can help you with that. Should we do something to chew on? We should. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. It's fitting. Uh, certainly a team burger. Chew on that. Um, but we have uh, a couple of things we can go through here. So we were talking NFL earlier on about... All I could find was fights, 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 but we did see some early betting things coming out. So um, the Cardinals are the only team in the NFL that is not favored to win any games this year. Zero games they're favored to win. Not even one. Zero. They're going to uh, buy the books, lose every single game this season.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty stunning, right? Like, I didn't realize the fall from grace. Not that there was really much of grace, if that makes any sense. Uh, but it, it seems like the, the reality has shifted very, very quickly. And that'll happen, I guess, when your starting quarterback is out. I guess they're <laughs> going to be running out Colt McCoy as their number. Like, I have bet I, uh, the, if there's one team that I haven't been searching for storylines and only getting fights for, it's the Cardinals, I guess, because mm. they're at such a low point and they're going to have a guy like Colt McCoy likely being... Uh, their starter, it's pretty bad. Uh, obviously, they don't go under, uh without a victory, though. Do they? They don't go 0 17. There's
0: no way. So, if you just bet them as dogs every week, just five bucks one day, you went, They can't go 0 17. When's the last team to do that?
1: Didn't the Browns go 0 for 16? 0 for 16. I gotta figure very out which recently.
0: Your, uh, last NFL,
1: team yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Browns not win. It doesn't again. happen very often, though. And there are bad teams. Oh, and there's reason go. to tank. There's guys like Trevor Lawrence and stuff. There uh, it is. The, you're right. Up the, in the Cleveland draft. Browns. When was it? Oh. Yeah. So since
0: 1944, only five teams have had a winless season in the NFL. The 60 Dallas Cowboys, the 76 Tampa Bay Bucks, the 82 Colts, the 08 Detroit Lions 08, 08 and Lions, the 17 okay. Cleveland Browns. Was that Browns.
1: recent? <laughs> I was thinking 08, but it was the Lions. Always
0: trust Wikipedia.
1: Uh, yeah, you do. You always trust Wikipedia. Just uh, blindly reading that from the internet. There you go. The Cleveland Browns have kind you of know. turned things around just a little bit. They got They got a good roster now, so it can happen quickly. Uh, but I guess it would be the worst season ever if the Cardinals did because we've expanded That's by right. one week, right? So they're going to win a game. Seventeen uh, losses would be worse than sixteen losses uh, for sure.
0: I'm going to be excited when we do our NFL season previews. Start going through the divisions. Start you know making predictions and looking at win loss totals because there's. I mean, we were just talking about the AFC uh, yesterday with our girl Amy Lawrence and. There's like, you know, the Jets have so much hype around them and, you know, the Bills obviously have a lot on their shoulders. The Patriots are the Patriots. Like it's going to be really fun to to start previewing this and we'll do that soon. We 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 did join a fantasy football league together. We did. We did. You and I um, and Daniele and some other people from Sportsnet. Uh, Danielle is our commissioner. I actually. got an invite, yeah. I you was got an in. invite. You were in I helped you get an invite. I'll just tell you that. Uh, yeah, we lost a couple. The f- not the first time you We lost that. a couple folks, and I said, we got to get Justin on this. So we're having our draft on September 3rd. And then next week, we'll have our um, draft order selected. There you go. So we'll get right into it. Um, Danielle has got the fun idea of selecting, like, a horse race randomly. and
1: should do that this weekend. King's we Plate. Oh, we should do that this weekend. That's okay.
0: We are going to King's Plate this weekend. Um, but you pick a random horse, and you get assigned, and then the order of the horses is the order of the draft. So... I know there's lots of fun ways to determine draft orders. I'm sure people will text those in what you do with your fantasy football team. I've seen some that do like a combine, but like a funny combine where mm-hmm. nobody's really athletic and you're you're running laps and you're, you know, flipping beer pong, doing a little mix. That would be fun. Oh yeah, like a kind of like a beer pong Olympics um to determine or you run like a real 10-yard dash, max this, max that. <laughs> it could be fun, but we're not going to get that done. We're going to do uh, no, horse I think racing. That would
1: probably be a bit of a stretch. I mean, someone's got to be on the air if it's a Sportsnet 590, the fan uh, pool. That will be difficult. Just looking at the Cardinals schedule here, mm-hmm. uh, just to bring it back, like I'm trying to find that first victory, so let's go through the schedule. Okay. See, like, like what – because there's probably a market, right, where it's like, hey, when do they win first? Maybe we can pinpoint that. Okay. Uh, Commanders week one. I mean, that's winnable, right? Sam Howells. Has he started a game? Did he start late in last season? Mm, I think he might have, but it's going to be a different world for the Washington Commanders, so maybe winnable. Uh, There'll definitely be dogs in the game, as Mm -hmm. we know. They're dogs in all 17 games. Uh, Giants next, probably not going to happen. Cowboys, 49ers, Bengals. Rams Rams are not great Rams is a potential Seahawks Ravens mm. Browns Browns are better Falcons might be an opportunity uh,
0: They probably beat the Falcons just because it's
1: the Te- Falcons. Texans mm. Texans on November are 19th. they as
0: bad as last year?
1: Uh, they should be bad, yeah. but they won't be well. They might be as bad. They got CJ Stroud There's at least three winnable games bomb. already uh, Rams against Steelers maybe winnable uh, 49ers, Bears, Eagles, Seahawks. There's not many winnable games. They
0: The win total should be uh, over under two and a half.
1: Oh, I'd take the under on that.
0: You don't think they can win three games this year?
1: No. Well, uh, you just outlined three. got to win all three Kate, of those. But,
0: yeah, I mean, things can
1: happen would, where a team I can collapse. I would hammer the under you if, think they're, if they're a dog in every game.
0: What about one and a half? That's I think they could win two games, two or three games. It's possible. I'm going to say they're going to win three games this year.
1: The bottom five teams in the league, they have the Rams. Yeah. The Bucks. they don't play and the Texans. So they play two of the worst five teams projected in the league this year already on the schedule. They're going to win a game, buddy. They're going to win three games. I say they win two. two and 15 is my official prediction.
0: Okay. Well, here it is. There you go. That's our, that's our bet <laughs> that's,
1: for today. That's our, <laughs> that's our Cardinals chat. That's
0: our Cardinals chat to uh, the fan morning show. Cardinals beat. Uh, one thing NFL adjacent as well that I had for an A-list, um, Taylor Swift has reportedly declined to play the halftime Super Bowl show. Really? Yep. It's becoming news that she has said, no, no, I'm not going to. But she just sold out 146 stadium shows. Yeah. So why does she need to also do the Super Bowl well, for defi- free?
1: It, it's definitely possible that she's too big for it. She is honestly because too you, big for it right now. you use the Super Bowl as like a launch pad to, mm, no,
0: a lot of people do. The weekend wasn't famous enough.
1: A little bit more notoriety if you do that. And if someone ha- has an album coming out, maybe they do it. Maybe I don't know, she's yeah, busy. you're definitely the authority on this, but yes. in my mind, it's Rihanna.
0: Been like, I think oh, she was big enough. Eminem.
1: They're big Lady enough. Lady Gaga. But they're also getting back into the public conscious, and this is a great way to do it. Mm. If there, if there's like an album that's coming out. She the public conscious. Who, Taylor Swift? Yeah, yeah she is. She's, she's honestly beating, too big for she's this. She's the beating heart of pop culture. Yeah. So you don't have to do it.
0: I, I, you're right. It was like Rihanna last year, and she was kind of snooze fest for a while, and now she's having a baby. So maybe it was.
1: She didn't have an album associated with though that was just like hey i'm still rihanna but then remember and she was still rihanna she was
0: leading spotify streams and she like came back into maybe she needed just a little the pay boost and yeah then you it was get a little bump eminem dr dre snoop dog kendrick lamar and mary j blige that was that they
1: haven't done anything new either no. Yeah, my theory is completely the bunk.
0: weekend he's always doing something new and then it was shakira jennifer lopez bad bunny bad bunny did i think bad bunny profited big time from this because nobody was talking bad bunny and then boom there he was
1: bad bunny's huge uh
0: maroon 5 oh my Travis Cameron Scott five? and
1: Cameron,
0: Cameron five? I <laughs> Justin Timberlake. That was good. Lady Gaga, Coldplay. That was huge. Beyonce, Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, Beyonce. Yeah, there's you know.
1: I mean, it's the who's who. It is the who's who, but it's definitely the who's. Who. Taylor
0: Swift is truly too big for a Super Bowl. Someone just texted in that a betting site that they are seeing has the line set for four and a half for Cardinals win total.
1: Really. I might play that. Smash I'm, that. I'm not. You don't. I. I do. I'm not. I'm. I'm talking to both sides of my mouth. But, you know, tying up money for like five months is maybe not the best thing on probably a minus one ten line. <laughs> yeah. But maybe yeah. I should just. You're gonna you
0: be watching every Arizona Cardinals. Maybe game. I should
1: take out a loan Think, and, and just be really interested in the Arizona that you Cardinals, need that Cardinals this year. Minus
0: one ten boost. Four and a
1: half is big. That's big for yep. being an underdog in every game. That's that means big. you have to beat the market five times. You have to be better than the market five times. that,
0: that one's big. Um, all right. Well, that was great to have uh, TJ and Amber in here. Uh, once again, uh, it is Burgers to Beat MS Day, 15th annual with A&W. So head out today and grab a team burger. Every $2 sold will be donated to MS Canada. And if you can't get to a A&W or you're just not a burger person, you can also donate at Uh That was really great to have them and her personal story. And thanks so much for sharing that. On our platform today. Um, we have Shy DeViti joining us after the break, Shane Ryan at eight o'clock, uh, golf digest and author of the Ryder Cup, the cup they couldn't lose, perfect timing because what's around the corner? The Ryder Cup. And then finally, Edge is joining us. Mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. WWE's got a big, big weekend. His twenty-fifth anniversary this Friday at SmackDown at Scotiabank Arena. It's gonna be very busy in the city, uh, seeing what he's going to bring. It's a big match. It's a big one. So uh, we'll see what happens. We got Edge at 8:30 and awake and Ray. Cool. That was bad yesterday. So let's.
1: It's okay. If you're going to be that. wrong, be very wrong.
0: That's right. Don't be slightly wrong. Just be very wrong. Yeah. Um, all that's come. Fan Morning Show, Justin and Ailish, Sports at 590 The Fan.
1: Diving deep into leaps, Raptors, Jays and NFL. The JD Bunkers podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Baby Friday on the fan, a morning show. No blue Jays tonight. They got another off day as they head to Cincinnati. It's going to be fun serious. love those reds.
1: Yeah, a little worried, though. Yeah. A dynamic offense?
0: Yes, it is worrisome. as I don't know, maybe, It is one dynamic offense against
1: Maybe the Blue Jays can non-dynamic. seem more dynamic. Possibly. I mean, the return of Bo Bichette, if in fact this is the landing pad for him, will uh, add to that.
0: We certainly hope so. And someone that might be able to confirm that for us, Shai sports Sportsnet MLB columnist and insider. How's it going this morning, Shai?
4: All right, what's going on?
0: Is Bo back? Tell us. Bo, Bo, Bo.
4: I mean, the, he's on track for it, but not tomorrow. There's still, a, there's still a test that he has to go through today. And all things, uh, yeah. if everything goes well and there are no issues, then yeah, he'll be back tomorrow in Cincinnati facing the Reds. But he's got to clear the shortstop mm-hmm. hurdle today, make sure he comes out of that okay. And again, barring, uh, barring a surprise, barring uh, a sort of setback, um, he'll be out there and make his uh, long-awaited return a uh, faster-than-expected return as well, I would say.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, that's a, a very positive way to put it. We're excited to see him back in this lineup. I think he'll make a massive impact uh, that they've needed. But yesterday, he had his rehab assignment. It looked like a pretty good start as a DH. Um, I think he went two for three, got a pair of singles, scored a score to run. Um, that is step one, and obviously the up is going to be very important as well. Um, encouraged by what you saw just at the plate yesterday with Bo.
4: I think the the best part, if you're a Blue Jays fan, just hearing him afterwards saying, "Yeah, it was pretty good," and uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Very typical, Bo, uh, saying like he almost wished that he had been stopped at third on that first <laughs> to third play because the deceleration is actually the, the the bigger test for him as opposed to just the running. It's the slowing down and the cutting side to side that is really the the hurdle to to clear, uh, but i would think that that built a a a significant amount of confidence in the knee for him uh having to boot it first to third and score right there so uh, you know i think the the fact, him getting two hits uh is no surprise i mean i mean when he just gets hits but uh he felt comfortable hitting all along it's really the deceleration and the you know range place piece that is the one where i think it was looking to build a little bit of confidence
1: Yeah, you can't be going base-to-base like a softball beer league that's, you know, out of control in the sixth inning. So uh, that's an important hurdle to overcome. And I guess if he's joking around about it, it's probably uh, a good sign. Let's go through what we saw at AAA. Uh, Chad Green was on the bump. Uh, An inning and a third, 3Ks, 30 pitches. Uh, We got some information from Arden Swelling on the broadcast that, yeah, that's kind of going to be the role where it could be, you know, multiple batters over multiple innings. Is that how you see it? Like, and if we're looking, I guess if we're looking back, you know, it was Chad Green's importance to this bullpen maybe understated three months ago, given kind of what it seems like the Blue Jays are preparing to use him as?
4: I mean, I don't know that I would say it was understated. It's It just hasn't been certain because again he's coming off tommy john surgery you can't you, you don't know hundred percent what it's going to look like when he comes back but uh you know he was sitting ninety four he was up to ninety five point three in that outing yesterday. I think that is uh that's pretty significant that you know his stuff is is pretty close to there i mean there's still maybe a little bit more upside from a velocity standpoint, but you know that uh, that that's gonna play uh, if he's got his good command sliders working, and that seemed to be the case. He struck out three in that outing inning and a third and and look, I think he returns to a bullpen where he doesn't have to come in and be Chad Green from the Yankees that we all know. It just has to be fine and I think that's a bit of a relief that he you know the this bullpen is set up that it's not dependent on him. To be really good in leverage in a way that maybe a couple of months ago it, it looked like he might have. So the he's just going to make a good bullpen even better. And then you know once Trevor Richards returns as well, and it looks like Trevor Richards is going to be back on Friday too. I mean you're talking about uh, a, a pretty incredible bullpen where you know a, a Chad Green coming off TJ might be uh, might be right at right at the bottom of that bullpen. Yeah,
1: it is pretty uh, impressive, Uh, and if it's supporting a really strong staff, which it has to this point in the season, uh, certainly the Blue Jays pitching will look formidable. Uh, It looked a little weak last night, though. Kevin Gosman giving up seven runs, five earned over five, and a third striking out four. He walked three as well, which doesn't seem like it's very characteristic uh, of Kevin Gosman. I think what was interesting about his outing is that he abandoned the splitter just a little bit. What did you make of uh, his outing and his pitch selection in particular?
4: Yeah, really weird. Um, and 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 you mentioned uncharacteristic. I think that outing in general was sort of uncharacteristic. And I'm not sure whether he didn't have a good feel for the splitter or, um, you know, both he and John Schneider felt that the Phillies were sitting on it. So that altered their, their game plan. Uh, it certainly might be that they were reading what the Phillies were doing and, and adjusting there. But yeah it was uh, just just like a, an unusual outing for him and he said he didn't feel like quite himself and uh, you know that's going to happen over time and I, I still look at at that outing and you know santiago espinal makes that play to end the fifth you know you're through five at three runs and maybe that sixth inning is playing out a little bit differently and you're just moving forward in a bit of a different fashion and perhaps that outing gets uh, it looks more like a a nice sort of uh, fought through it without his best stuff outing as opposed to uh, a bit of a mess that it turned out to be so it's funny how, how much one play can sometimes change the entire perception of an outing, uh, but certainly not where Kevin Gosman wants to be. And you know, he, he's talked about he talked about wanting to make a couple of adjustments uh, ahead of ahead of things uh, ahead of his next start again in Baltimore against the Orioles. And so, uh, definitely going to be an important few days for him.
0: So maybe not a characteristic uh, showing for Kevin Gosman, but the night before you say Kikuchi looked uh, what he's looked like for the last six starts, at least um, a completely different guy from last year, someone with a lot of confidence. People are starting to say maybe he's your number two behind Kevin Gosman. Maybe he's a guy that starts game two of a wild card series. Um, Kikuchi has just been a really wonderful story ever since he was Grapefruit League MVP, and we all tried to hold our breath to make sure it was sustainable. Um, how... How impressed have you been with Kikuchi and uh maybe are you thinking long term in terms of where he might rank in this rotation when and if the Blue Jays do make a post series run here?
4: Well, he's certainly changed a lot of uh, a lot of minds about him. But you know, for me, this outcome was always on the spectrum of possibility for UC Kikuchi. I mean, you just see the the stuff, the natural ability, and, you know, like uh, you know, I said this a number of times last year, and it's like it just doesn't make sense that this isn't turning out to be more. And really there were a few things that he needed to lock in to, to get him to this point, the key one being the fastball command, and that he worked on over the course of the offseason, a few mechanical changes to help get him into the zone more consistently. And then it was the the curveball adding that in and really having a, a a, a legitimate third pitch that was consistent for him. Once he, once he locked in the slider and his slider started off in a good place this year, then he sort of lost the shape of it in May. And you really had to go back to the drawing board that you go back to, I think it was June 3rd or 4th uh, in the, against the Mets in New York. And he just got the two pitches going. It was, Figured out how to use both the curveball and the slider together, how to play them off one another, mix that in with the fastball, and at that point he felt that he really locked in something there. And it's uh, it's a two and a half ERA since that point. His uh, last his last six starts have been even more dominant numbers. It just seems that he's figured out how to use all his toys, how to put them all together on the mound. Uh, and max out, and and that's really what he's been doing. So, uh, you know, credit to him for putting in the work. You know, the Blue Jays uh, behind the scenes put put in a lot of work to to help get him to this point as well, uh, and it's turned into one of the nicer stories for them this year.
1: Is it surefire that he'll see postseason action uh, if and when the Blue Jays get there?
4: I mean, it depends on obviously how the Blue Jays finish out the schedule, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean who's not starting him in the playoff series right now. Mm. And, you know, you're assuming that you can line up any way you want and that uh, rest isn't a factor, you would think you're going Kevin Gosman game one, Jose Barrios game two. Uh, and then you're looking at it. and how Are you going to go Gucci three or Bassett three? I think it would depend on, maybe the matchup a little bit as to who you like in, in a specific spot. But you know, once you're, once you're through that, it's uh, it's pretty straightforward from there. So uh, it, it's just the, the stuff plays. We, we know the velocity is often King in the postseason, and, and he's got that. So uh, I, I, you know, you you always want to look at the matchup and say, "Hey, is there a combination of, uh, or is there a reason to to go a different route, or a reason to do something else?" But you say Kikuchi has definitely earned it at this point.
1: So it's not just Bo. Uh, Bo does probably do the be- uh, the most in terms of unlocking this lineup, but it'll be Bo and it'll be Chapman, Kiermaier, Danny Jansen, a lot of people making their way back here, and the lineup's going to look different because the lineup, frankly, has not looked good for the last week or so. Uh, but I wonder where all those returns leave cavan Biggio because Kevin Biggio, unlike a lot of people on this team, is finding ways in different ways and, and with ways in regularity uh, to help this team win ball ballgames. Uh, where does the does he get lost in the shuffle? Or are you worried about him potentially getting lost in the shuffle when all these guys do come back?
4: Yeah, I mean, a guy with an 8, 850-ish OPS uh, in the, in the, over the last couple of months is not getting lost in the shuffle. You know, that's uh, it's pretty straightforward. I think the... Uh, Kevin Biggio, uh, we were just saying, you know, Kikuchi's earned it. Uh, Biggio's earned it too, right? I mean, he's been pretty good for an extended stretch right now. And I think that... it. Way it's set up, it's you can certainly find at-bats for him right now. You can continue to use Whit Merrifield and left, and maybe you're doing some sort of hybrid platoon between uh, between Varsho and Kiermeyer and center field, and that's one way to get at-bats, or uh, maybe it's rotating days off a little bit, uh, and you know George Springer's getting a DH day, so that's opening up right field for Kevin Bizzio for a day. Uh, they're they're a number of ways to make this work. And I think that you'll continue to see that. I like think we're down to 40 games left. And right now, it's not about feelings. It's about who's performing the best. And based on the results of late, Kevin Biggio is one of the most productive hitters on this team. And uh, I, I fully expect manager John Schneider to continue to find ways to get him in the lineup.
0: We're chatting with Shai DeViti, Sports Sense, MLB Calmness and Insider. Okay, so when everybody is healthy in this bullpen and you look at how it ranks in terms of the Blue Jays' history, where would you put the Blue Jays' bullpen as best ever, best since when, or still to be determined?
4: I mean, uh, off the top of my head, there are few comps mm-hmm. for depth uh, to, to compare it with this many arms I mean. In recent years, I can't remember anything remotely close to this, right? You just think about uh, when you go to the Jordans at the back end and Romano and then Hicks and, you know, having two weapons like that, It's. I'd like to see it in practice a little bit more, but it's got the potential to be Ward-Hanky-esque in terms of back-end dominance. And then you've got Garcia and Swanson and Mesa and... And then Chad Green and Trevor Richards, perhaps in that mix. Now Yenesis Cabrera's emergence is, uh, has really been significant. I mean, it's just there are just a lot of guys with real stuff who are, for the most part, either have or are pitching well. Mm-hmm. You know that that's a that's a really enviable position to be in. And you know, I was just uh, talking to someone the other day, and I'm like. Now, imagine this bullpen on the 2021 team. I mean, that team might won 110 games with uh, with that bullpen pitching that way. So that that's sort of where they're at. The Blues have been trending towards us all year. There have been times where a few guys have really worn it in terms of just workload. You know, Eric Swanson uh, is either – just close to or just surpassed his career high in innings uh, or is, is definitely on track. He was on track to obliterate that. He's going to you now surpass that at a more reasonable pace. Meza's pitched in a ton of games. Garcia's pitching in a ton of games. Romano, before he was injured, at in a ton of games. Uh, just a lot of guys with very heavy workloads, uh, and now that depth will also allow them to spread out the, the innings a little bit more evenly. So... I, all those elements are somewhat unique to Blue Jays bullpens, uh, definitely in recent memory. And, you know, it's hard to, to think of a comp uh, in terms of overall depth that they've ever had in in the, in the relief option.
1: Uh, we were kicking around this question, Shy Davidi of Sportsnet, on the line uh, yesterday um, uh, about the strength of the bullpen, and, and and the Blue Jays might have both. They might have. Uh, both the best two or three that they're going to see in a series or that a team could offer in a in a postseason series and they might also have just the best complete set of bullpen arms but what's more valuable to you in the postseason having the best two or three arms or having the best bullpen that runs, you know, 8 deep
4: I mean you look at the way World Series have been won in recent years and it's depth in the bullpen really matters Right, the I mean, Houston was just able to tear through teams last year with uh, with that depth of the bullpen, and the Mariners were able to use their bullpen depth last year to to win a series against the Blue Jays. And you know, if, if the Mariners, that that series against Houston was very tight, and uh, each of the games there was pretty tight, it was uh, that that super long decisive game there. You know that that's all bullpen matchup if if the Mariners had gotten past Houston look out right they they were they would have been able to bullpen their way through other clubs as well so uh and the Phillies their bullpen really came together and that helped them get to the World Series so you need a lot of bullpen depth to survive in the postseason it's not just one or two guys because you do have off days but the workloads, you can't give starters too much rope in in a playoff game. That's one thing that we've seen uh, that, especially over the last, I would say four or five years, just how aggressive teams have been, even with historically good starters, just you've got so much velocity sitting in the bullpen. You're going to that option rather than risking letting a game unravel. So I think that you, yeah, you obviously want to have the two, three, two or three high-end options, but you need depth too. And for the Blue Jays to have both gives them a chance to really deploy a bullpen in an optimal fashion during the playoff series.
0: Last one for you this morning, Shai. Um, Alec Manoa doesn't seem to be a part of uh, the look of this rotation right now, of course, being uh, sent down to the minors. Um, Not the first time, but the season. I wonder, looking at this rest of this run here, his projection with this club, um, and do you start thinking about long-term projection with this club and maybe what the areas of focus are if he's going to spend the rest of the season in AAA? What can he do to make next year a different story?
4: Yeah, I mean, when he got demoted, I wrote about how there wasn't an obvious pathway for him back to the club, and and that's certainly how it's been shaping up, that when he first got sent down, the Blue Jays only had four stars in the rotation, and it was desperate. They, they needed to get him back pronto, and right now, uh, unless something happens to one of the five starters that are in place – You know, the Blues aren't going to go back to a a six-man rotation. Uh, Again, there's just not really the need for it from here on out. So uh, all he can really do is just keep finding the form that he needs uh, that he had in the past at AAA Buffalo. Pitch as well as he can. Be ready in case something happens to to jump in and, and help the team out. Uh, otherwise, it's just resetting yourself and being in a good spot for the off season, carrying that into your winter, working on whatever points uh, he feels that he needs to get himself right for the following spring. And then I would guess, I don't know this for a fact, but I would guess that the Blue Jays would maybe bring in someone who could potentially compete with, uh, with him for a job uh, in the rotation next spring, hoping that it's him who wins it and and then move forward from there. So uh, when, when you think about how Manoa was positioned coming into the season, it's pretty shocking to, to say that. And, you know, we're fully expecting to find his way back and uh, be a, a good starter again in the big leagues because there's just too much talent there for this type of year to repeat itself. But... I just think the way everything's played out and the way the Blue Jays have handled situations like this in the past, that would just seem to me uh, to be how the Blue Jays would move forward with this. And, you know, it's not, I mean, the minor league piece is a little bit different, but it's not completely different from Yusei Kikuchi and how that played out whereas he came in this year having to to win that job in the starting rotation and convince everyone that it was going to be him moving forward and that he was ready for it. And Manoa may have that that, uh, in his future, uh, at least based on the way things are situated right now.
0: Who would have thought that uh, the way we felt about Alec Manoa last year is the way we feel about say, Kikuchi this year and vice versa. It's like they flipped the script. Uh, so at least one of them is uh, is doing what we need right now for the Blue Jays. Uh, off day today. So we appreciate you jumping on, Shy, and enjoy baseball this weekend.
4: Yeah, no problem. Have a great weekend, guys.
0: You as well. That's Shai Sports and MLB columnist and insider. And the Blue Jays off today as they head to Cincinnati for a three-game set against the Reds. Nice 640 start times for tomorrow and Saturday.
1: Is Hunjin Ryu ending the season with some MVP internally vote, uh, votes? No. He might, because he kind of just allows for the fi- the Manoa thing to not be an issue. Like, I'm talking down ballot, okay? I'm not saying he's competing with Bo Bichette or Kevin Gosman or even Yusei Kikuchi, but in terms of, like, small little important items, his return, making it so that they actually have five starters, that's going to be the difference between maybe making the playoffs and not. I think it very very well could be. I'm getting down ballot votes. Okay, number five on my ballot.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yesterday was a very good day off the field for the Blue Jays and Jays Care. <laughs> the broadcast auction was going on all day. Ivanka Osmak killed it uh, doing all the live updates. Super fun day at the ballpark. Blue Jays didn't get a win, but Jays Care certainly did. They went they raised. Half a million dollars, roughly, uh, with yesterday's broadcast auction. They all, they, uh, it's incredible. Uh, also, the third largest MLB 50-50 in history uh, with Jay's care was yesterday. I'll get the exact numbers for that in a second. Um Really, really proud to see everybody come together to help Jay's care out. There's a lot of incredible things to be auctioned on. Uh, that was two million five hundred thousand, roughly, was the third la- largest jackpot in MLB history. Uh, the winner will be announced at noon today, and we'll receive a call from Joey Bats. Wow! So that's pretty special. That's like,
1: that's like that stupid uh, Twitter thing where it's five hundred thousand or dinner with Jay Z. Have you seen that? No. It's like, what would you rather have, the call or the 2.5 mil? <laughs> the 2.5 mil, but I want yeah. the call from Jose Bautista we, as well.
0: Yeah, you can get both if you want. Um, he hands
1: you a massive check? That'd be pretty That's cool. a moment.
0: There was a lot of things being auctioned off last night, but I was very proud to see that one of the highest bid-on items was to sit with Ben Wagner and watch him call a game in the 590 broadcast booth. So I think Wagner that, that might have been one of the most Profitable things that it's were auctioned off—it was incredible.
1: And us being in that booth uh, for one day—I <laughs> mean, that is an unbelievable place to watch a game. But hearing Ben doing it live—that would—it would be really, really cool. I don't know if it's fishing with Buck Martinez, but it's really, really cool.
0: I did hear yesterday during the broadcast that Buck threw in, "I will go fishing with you on one of the oh, yeah? on the, one of the uh, spring the spring training package." So if you want that one, you also get to go fishing nice. with Buck Martinez. Where,
1: where is uh, Looney Dogs with Ailish? <laughs> They didn't I mean, ask me. That, that I'll give
0: that out for free.
1: That goes.
0: I will give that out for free.
1: How much do you, What do you think the bid is? Looney dogs with four far.
0: At least a dozen dogs
1: worth. We need to start escalating these ideas. Uh,
0: there is one last thing, though. No,
1: how much are you going to... How much is the auction going to
0: go Yeah, like it? at least a dozen dogs. Twelve bucks. Oh. Just twelve bucks.
1: I thought you were, like, promising... It I'll, starts at that. I'll eat twelve... It starts at as twelve. ...as part of this package.
0: It starts at twelve. Okay. Um, One last thing here. This is... Uh, if you missed a chance to... Be a part of this. You can always donate to Jay's Care, but there are still limited edition Joe Carter World Series walk off bobbleheads that you can get with a $93 donation to Jay's Care Foundation. So if you want to win, like not even win, you just do a $93 donation 93 bucks? and you get this incredible limited edition Joe Carter World Series walk off bobblehead. Uh, obviously, in commemoration of the 30th anniversary. So there's still some limited of those. Um,
1: Where have those been stashed away? There's
0: there's lots. So you go to Jay's Care, uh, the Blue Jays website. You can go to the auction page, and you can still grab one of the Joe Carter World Series walk-off bobbleheads for $93. And you donate, and it goes to Jay's Care, and you get a pretty cool prize. So take a look at that, and um, hopefully you get a chance, and you can always donate to Jay's Care. Uh, but an incredible day yesterday, <clears throat> and looking forward to it again next year.
1: So for 100 bucks today, three Teen Burgers, one Joe Carter bobblehead, and you're doing a lot of good.
0: Incredible math.
1: You might need to pay a little extra on tax, but I think about 100 will we'll get tax. you there. Don't worry. Just 100 bucks. Yeah. All that's right. That's 100 well spent. I think so as well.
0: Uh, one final hour here on the Fan Morning Show. Shane Ryan joins us after the break. Talk a little about Ryder Cup. Big stakes in the golf world ahead. And then Edge joins us at 8.30. WWE Hall of Famer, he who's here in Toronto for WWE SmackDown on Friday night, a big one, his 25th anniversary, lots to come on the Fan Morning Show.